1: What is up everybody? Welcome to the latest episode of Marvel Standem, And we have a little bit of a grab bag for you this week. After our big Marvel uh, Cinematic Universe ranking episodes two weeks in a row, we figured we'd give ourselves a little bit of a break. Just kind of talk about the general goings on in the MCU this week. So we're gonna hit on a little Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. We're gonna hit on a little Thor Love and Thunder. We're gonna talk about the latest potential future for Daredevil and the rest of the MCU Netflix shows. And we're gonna talk about some Captain Carter stuff. It's been a pretty exciting time uh, for for the MCU over the last couple of weeks. And there's a lot of good stuff happening right now over on our web home of 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 denofgeek.com. So before we go any further, I just wanna give our our sponsor a shout out because this episode of Marvel Standom is sponsored by Plex, the current streaming home of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy. You can watch Sam Raimi's original Spider-Man trilogy for free, presented by Crackle on Plex. This limited time engagement ends on March 1st. That's pretty cool. That's pretty soon, so you'll want to act faster than Spidey can sling his webs. Plex has over 50,000 free on-demand titles and over 200 live TV channels. So download the Plex app today, free on all your favorite devices, to start watching. But I think we should get on to the first hot topic of the day which to me seems to be uh, the potential new streaming home of Daredevil and Jessica Jones and Luke Cage and the Punisher and the Defenders and nobody cares about Iron Fist. So. uh,
2: (laughs) That's not true. You care about Iron Fist. That's your secret.
1: Iron Fist season two was good. (laughs) Was it? Yes. (laughs) Iron Fist season two was a tremendous improvement. Like I'm not going to die on this hill, but (laughs) like I get it. But Iron Fist season two was actually pretty good. So uh...
0: (laughs) do you think people who haven't already watched the Marvel Netflix shows are going to like, do you think there's going to be new people brought in? Or do you think it's mostly going to be people who are already fans rewatching these shows wherever they end up?
1: Is that a question for the group or a question oh, for? Oh, it is. You know me, the <laughs> Iron Fist defender. Like,
0: <laughs> I don't know. Well, I guess it's a question for myself too because I haven't watched them, and I'm curious if I'm going to. <laughs> because I just, I just think, um, you know, as the MCU continues to mostly move away from these characters, um, there's less of an urgency. Although, you know, we did see Daredevil in a recent um, MCU movie. So perhaps there there will be more tie-ins moving forward. But yeah, there's lots of an urgency there, I think, than than you know, obviously a lot of other Marvel content that's out there.
3: Well I mean I will say anybody who has not watched them and is going to watch them because they got into Marvel television through Loki and WandaVision and the like is going to be Pretty astonished at how long thirteen episodes feels versus six. <laughs> it is an eternity.
0: You're really selling me here, Alec.
3: <laughs> I mean, I mean look, no, they're even... pretty good shows. They're just they're just
1: forever. <laughs> I have to agree. Like even the best of these shows, like Daredevil seasons one and three are terrific, and Jessica Jones season one is a masterpiece. And all of them are too long. Like, I feel like the first season of Jessica Jones is the only one that you don't feel those 13 episodes because it's so well paced and the tension is so high almost all the way through. Um, but yeah, like they figured out a much more economical way to tell these stories now on Disney Plus. Whereas on Netflix, they were kind of still, You know, it, it's amazing these shows were conceived like five, six years ago and it feels like a, a different era of TV entirely.
2: Yeah, I mean, we've heard that maybe these are coming to Disney Plus pretty soon. or there's uh, some unconfirmed reports that they're coming to Disney Plus in Canada, at least, on the, was it the 16th of March? So I'd be interested to see how many people will um, catch up with this on Disney Plus, having not watched it before. I'd also be interested to find out whether people have showed a renewed interest in stuff like Agent Carter. Or um, agents of shield and stuff like that so yeah at least they will all be in one place I mean that's about all you can say I hope that they're not censored in any way I think that has been some concern from the Luke Cage showrunner as well has said that you know he was a bit he might be a bit worried that they would censor it so fingers crossed that won't happen
1: yeah, I could see these also finding a home on Hulu in the United States, which seems to be kind of like where you put the the misfit toys from from the MCU.
2: Mm-hmm. And
1: Hulu does not have the kind of um, you know content stigma that might come with a lot of stuff on Disney plus in the United States. Like Kirsty, I know it's quite different with Disney plus in the UK yes. <laughs> where you can watch. Why don't you give us some examples of some of the movies you'll oh, find on Disney plus yes. in the UK that you will not so, find here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> we don't have um, Hulu here. We have Disney plus and uh, there's a section, you know, along the top where it says like Marvel, Star Wars, at the end it says a star and you go on there, and you can see basically a lot of the uh, Hulu content, the Fox content. So when you log on to Disney Plus, it's like, would you like to watch, you know, Hawkeye? Would you like to watch The Hills Have Eyes? Would you like to ha- watch <laughs> Predator? You know, uh, what do you feel like right now? Which is uh, what, from what I can gather, a very different experience than than you guys have.
3: Um, I do think that if if and when, because we all pretty much expect that these are coming to some sort of Disney streaming service, I do think it'll be Disney Plus. Like content restrictions aside, um, in their most recent earnings call, uh, one of the one of the folks at Disney mentioned that they were working on diversifying the content for more ages on Disney Plus. I don't know if they've got gotten started with that already. I don't think they've really expanded out into more adult audiences yet. Uh, but it seems like it would be a fairly easy jump to go from kind of the PG-13 MCU Disney Plus shows. To the slightly more PG thirteen <laughs> Netflix uh, show. I mean, like we talk about the content in these. It's not like it's not like it's riddled with nudity and like <laughs> guts torn out. It just like they say the s word a few more times and occasionally a bone
1: breaks. I don't know. Some of the violence in Daredevil and The Punisher is far more graphic than the kind of bloodless violence we associate with the MCU. And something else that we don't associate with the MCU is sex, and there are some pretty hot sex scenes, like like between Jessica Jones and Luke Cage, and like I don't, I don't know, I don't know if Disney Plus in the U.S. is going to go for that. Um, and I will be furious if any element of any of these shows is edited or censored for, you know. And look, and and I'm saying this, I'm saying this as somebody that feels that some of these shows were pretty try hard at times. Like, you know, like Daredevil, which I loved, like I absolutely love Daredevil. Um, Like even season two, which is not a great season, but it's still like, I really, really enjoy Daredevil. And I think Jessica Jones is one of the best things the MCU has ever done. But there are definitely times where there would be moments of violence or something where you'd be like, you know, you're kind of just doing this because you can do it here. You know what I mean? Because Netflix gave you license to do it. And they're definitely trying to get a reaction out of you. So it's not that I think that this is like, you know, things like that are so important to the artistic integrity of this, but like the themes of Jessica Jones cannot be toned down, you know, like you cannot mess with that show without messing with the overall message of that show. So I think you either present these shows like in their entirety, like as they were intended to be seen, um, music cues and all, uh, because Luke Cage has one of the greatest soundtracks in television history. Like, you either do this right or you don't do it. You know, or you just release them on Blu-ray. You know, like if you don't want them streaming on your flagship streaming service, then don't put them there. Um, so yeah, I really want to. I really want to really see like, you know, how this happens. Uh, Lee in the comments is asking, what about the sex scene in Eternals? <laughs> Um, that is the most boring sex scene in cinematic history that actually makes me not want to have sex, so like, I don't know that that's really the best example here. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, any other thoughts here? I mean, look, Daredevil is clearly important to the MCU, and so is Kingpin, as we saw in Hawkeye.
2: I mean, I would say that Moon Knight's coming up, um, and Kevin feige has been teasing that that will be a lot more violent than we've seen at least in these other shows and perhaps in the MCU in general so it might be that like Alex said there is just like a new vision where it's not so uh young person friendly or younger audience friendly um I guess I'll find out in a few weeks right
3: my final prediction is that it will end up on Disney plus with some sort of content warning at the beginning that's what I would put my money on. Noted. So yeah, in <laughs> in like two or three weeks' time, let's have the let's the roast party um, commence. When I'm wrong, <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, look, there has been a lot of speculation too that Moon Knight is much more on kind of like the Daredevil, Luke Cage, Punisher end of the of the Marvel spectrum than you know, say the Hawkeye end, for example. Uh, and I'd be very curious to see that. And back when these Marvel Netflix shows were a thing, in my mind, I was always like Moon Knight would definitely be kind of the next one of these. You know, that was one that I always kind of wanted to see or I wanted to see them expand into horror, you know? So um, I would be, I'm really curious to see if if Kevin Feige takes like some of those guardrails off of Moon Knight and maybe this is how they herald the triumphant arrival of, you know, slightly more adult content on Disney Plus. We shall see.
2: Yeah. In fact, uh, Stephen DeKnight, who I think was the showrunner, at least on the first season of Daredevil, wanted to make a Moon Knight show and was really uh, actively trying to get that project started. So you're right, you know, um, this would have fit on Netflix probably a bit better than it would do on Disney Plus.
0: Yeah, I think it's important to remember that Disney Plus is still very much in in its infancy. Like, in some ways, it feels like it's been around forever, but it's still very much working out what it is and what
1: Oh, no. Katie has been having technical difficulties. (laughs) So this might be one of them. Katie, you froze for a second there. Our first on-air technical difficulty. It's amazing (laughs) we made it this long.
3: Oh, oh, no. She, no.
0: What response? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna say anything else. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's our cue to move on to the next segment of the show. And there have been some interesting Thor Love and Thunder developments this week. Kirsty, why don't you take us through these?
2: Yeah, there's been uh some toys released. There's been a Lego set released and it seemed to confirm that a uh, poster that was declared unofficial in December was bang on the money because the uh, costumes were all uh, the same as the poster. Um, there was the goat boat in this Lego set, which is exactly as it sounds. It's a, it's a boat um, driven, couldn't you say driven by goats? I really don't know how <laughs> this works, sorry. Driven by horses? A cart would be... And so a boat driven by boats? (laughs) By goats? No. Um, So, yeah, that's all there. Drawn. Thank you, Lee. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for your help. Um, Yes, so uh, all this uh, that you're seeing here in the Lego set is very similar to the uh, poster that uh, Taika Waititi declared was so bad that he wished he'd come up with it. Um, And so it seems like that poster might have been a a true piece of concept art at one point. Um, Does anyone have any feelings about a boat drawn by goats?
1: So when this broke the other day, I wasn't paying like all that much attention to it. Like, like you know, I, I'm usually kind of, I turn a blind eye to the merchandise end of things. And I saw everybody talking about the goat boat and I saw the picture, I'm like, oh, cool. Yeah, that's a goat boat, all right. I didn't realize <laughs> that the official name of the, of the Lego set itself actually <laughs> says the goat boat on it. Like that just, that just makes this that much cooler.
2: Yeah, Which, we've also uh, got, sorry, we also got a minifig here. Uh, that confirms that Valkyrie will be called King Valkyrie, which I think is really cool. As yeah, she should. Just excited about that.
0: I have positive feelings about the goat boat.
3: <laughs> <laughs> which which Thor Love and Thunder character do you think dubs it the goat boat?
0: I feel like Korg, maybe. Yeah. yeah or can the goat boat point. like name itself?
3: <laughs> <laughs> it just comes prenamed. <laughs> <laughs> Would Korg even know what a goat is to name mm. it the goat boat? Maybe goats in Korg World are all this like rocks in the shape of a goat.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm, observations I'm... you come here for. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Were there any other uh, toilers from Thor, Love, and Thunder that we need to know about?
2: I don't think so. The action figures are pretty much um, all um, just. Basic and it is based on those costumes that we've or we'd already seen in December um, I reckon there's a trailer for this coming probably on Monday um, Fingers crossed yeah Monday. We're gonna see the first Thor Love and Thunder trailer uh, I don't know whether you saw just then but has had Jane tattooed on his Fingers which is also a commitment a lifetime commitment perhaps to his love for this film and Jane Foster, who will be uh, the mighty Thor.
1: To be clear, there is no official confirmation that the Thor Love and Thunder trailer is dropping on Monday. Oh
2: yes, no, of course. It's but, just in, I, I feel it. I saw it in the runes. So. Yeah. <laughs> Kirsty has been
1: reading the entrails and. You know. <laughs> um, But it would make sense. I mean, the Batman opens next Friday and that is by far the biggest, most anticipated movie of Q1. You know, it's the first superhero movie of 2022. It would make a lot of sense for Disney to attach a Thor Love and Thunder trailer to that. So um, we will find out soon enough if we're getting footage from Thor Love and Thunder. I sure hope so. And if we do get a Thor Love and Thunder trailer on Monday, you can find us right here on Twitch because we'll be here breaking it down. Uh, If it's half as much fun as the Thor Ragnarok trailer, we're in for a treat. Should we move on to Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness? Obviously, we're a little late to the party here because this trailer dropped on Super Bowl Sunday and we had some other stuff going on last week, including our full MCU ranking, which you can still listen to on Spotify or watch on YouTube. Um, But this trailer is so big that a week and a half later, we're all still kind of buzzing from it. and there are at least two Doctor Strange skeptics uh, here on Marvel Standom. And I don't know about you, Katie, but I was won over by this trailer.
0: <laughs> I am, I'm excited for this movie. I'm won over by the trailer. I still just... I, I'm excited about the movie. I'm not excited about the character, but it looks great. Um, and I am excited to see um, What If integrated into this movie so much because I had a lot more fun watching that than I was expecting. Um, so it's it's really fun seeing how so much of, of that show that, especially when it first premiered, people weren't sure how integral it would be to the MCU to just see it coming up again and again. Um, so I'm really excited to see what that looks like in the actual film because the trailer makes it seem like, it's going to be very important.
1: We do have an entire article about this on dengeek.com right now. If you go to denageek.com Marvel, we had Gavin Jasper, one of our Marvel experts, breaking down all the different ways that Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness has suddenly made what-if essential Marvel viewing. And this is something that I did not see coming. Uh, you know, when we were first talking about What If, like when the first footage started dropping, we're like, well, this will be a fun little diversion. It buys them some time in between live action shows. And then like What If hit, and first of all, it was really good. And then second of all, you start realizing all the ways that this could influence the wider MCU. And then here comes this this Multiverse of Madness teaser to just like totally blow the doors off that. And it's like, okay, actually, if you haven't watched What If, You might not be getting everything that you could get out of this. I did not expect that at all.
2: There was a lot about that trailer that was unexpected for you, Mike, because you'd been so suspicious about (laughs) Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness. Like, you were like, I've got a bad feeling about this one, guys. Like, uh, the multiverse is problematic. Like, we don't want to go down that road. And uh, yeah, like, I think one minute after that trailer arrived, you were like... (laughs) Like Absolutely, messaging me like oh my god oh my god
1: it's true as late as like february 12th i was still like texting kirsty like i don't know about this one i just can't get hyped for this and then as soon as that trailer dropped i'm like okay I'm i'm all in <laughs> <laughs> like how can you not get down with that creepy zombie dr strange that's like one of the last shots in that trailer
2: People have been saying about how much he looks like uh young Bruce Campbell, Evil Dead Bruce Campbell <laughs> as well. It really is uncanny.
1: I love it. I hope there's all kinds of like Evil Dead style creepiness when, uh, when Raimi is playing with this stuff. Um, yeah, that, that definitely. Yeah, that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, definitely. I could see it like, <laughs> and we need a Bruce Campbell cameo in this movie. Like, it's not a Sam Raimi Marvel flick if Bruce Campbell doesn't show up. So I I personally hope that what this movie does is like make it canon that all three of Bruce's cameos in the Spider-Man films were in fact three different <laughs> versions of himself from, you know, that were just kind of infiltrating the Sony Spider-Man universe. Uh, you know, maybe maybe he's a watcher, you know? Like that's uh, that was a fun fan theory about uh, trying to, make all the Stan Lee cameos make sense at one point, wasn't it? (laughs) Rusatsu. Yes.
0: (laughs) You heard it here first.
1: (laughs) Um, But yeah, like for me, the biggest takeaway from this, other than the fact that it just looks really cool and it looks like a wild time. To me, the biggest concept that's being introduced in this movie it appears to be Marvel's version of the Illuminati. And for those who don't know, you know the Illuminati were introduced in the comics in like 2005, I think, 2006, um, as part of Brian Michael Bendis's time as Avengers writer, when he was really just kind of like the architect of the Marvel Comics universe for a few years. And it was kind of like a retcon saying that like all of the most powerful leaders in the Marvel universe, had banded together behind the scenes, just being like, look, we can't always team up to fight threats, but we can kind of put our heads together and see if we can see some of these threats coming ahead of time. So that group consisted of uh, Tony Stark, and like they were actually his idea, Charles Xavier, uh, Black Bolt of Inhuman's fame, uh, or Inhuman's infamy, uh, if you only (laughs) know them from the TV show, Doctor Strange, Reed Richards, T'Challa, Captain America uh, at one point, And of course, Cap, uh, Steve Rogers, this whole thing did not sit very well with him. Uh, Hank McCoy, Beast from the X-Men and Namor. Um, and it's a pretty cool concept, you know, like it's the kind of thing that can only be deployed sparingly. Uh, at one point, uh, the different infinity gems were kind of distributed amongst them. The idea being like each of these people would would hold on to one of these gems to, to make sure that they're never unified again. Like they did that after the, the Infinity Gauntlet saga of the comics. So it's a pretty cool idea. Like it's a pretty neat retcon. Of course, it doesn't quite fit in to the MCU as we know it because, you know, some of these people have not been introduced yet. Some of them are dead, but the multiverse kind of changes all that. And uh, to me, the biggest, evidence of the multiverses uh, of the Illuminati's existence as a multiversal entity in this trailer comes when we see Strange being led into this kind of throne room and there's like six thrones and two of them are occupied. And, you know, and that's where we hear Patrick Stewart's Charles Xavier voice. And to me, that's kind of all the evidence that I need that we're getting some kind of multiversal Illuminati here. now. I do not expect this to be kind of one-one to the comics. Um, I think they're going to have some fun with this. I think we're going to, you know, there is no MCU Charles Xavier, but there is the Charles Xavier from the Fox X-Men movies, you know? So that's one example of how they can do this. Um, you know, I think there's a better than average chance that this is where we see uh, Peggy Carter again. Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's there's some fun possibilities here, but um, we have a couple of non-comics readers uh on the show is is the illuminati kind of like a like a dorky step too far here or do you think there's something to this as far as broader mcu world building
3: might be the the wrong non-comics reader to add (laughs) because i love this stuff (laughs) like the more that like the mcu resembles um really like bureaucratic rules-based comic organizations the more i'm into it i that's what i really loved about loki i love the time variance authority i just love the idea of you entered you've created this world full of inhuman not inhumans but inhuman super powerful beings and now like who watches the Watchmen, for the lack of a better term um, i just love the the institutions and the systems and the groups and everything built out to keep an eye on this ever-expanding, uncontrollable universe.
0: Yeah, I agree with everything that Alec just said, <laughs> um, including maybe being the wrong non-comics reader to ask. I also love the X-Men movies, and I'm really excited to see how um, X-Men characters are going to be integrated into the MCU. Um, I mean, I'm against Disney gobbling up like all media companies, potentially, but... I don't have control over that and I might as well get some X-Men in my MCU (laughs) if that's the case. Um, So yeah, I'm willing to go with it. Um, And I agree specifically with Alex's point that it's interesting to see um, stories that bring in like institutional um, authority because so much of the MCU up to this point has, or the best parts of the MCU have been more um, about individual characters and how they choose to use their power um, you know, for better and worse. And I think that, it's, yeah, I think I am always looking for more stories that um, I guess are a little bit more complex in terms of um, reflecting our real world and the strengths and weaknesses of the institutions that exist here. And I would love to see what the MCU can properly do with that.
3: I mean, honestly, yeah, yeah. the more bureaucracy these movies introduce, the happier I am. <laughs> <Bizarly>. <laughs> like, if multiverse, multiverse of madness could literally just be like Doctor Strange and Professor X just like pouring over spreadsheets detailing what's going on in various universes, and I think I'd be totally fine with that.
0: I mean, I'm excited for someone to be like, "Here are consequences for your actions, Doctor Strange."
2: Uh, well, that too. <laughs> I can get behind that. <laughs> I, like, I I don't know much about the Illuminati. All I know is um, what Mike said about them over these last sort of six months or so that we've been talking about them. Um, but the idea that there's some sort of stuffy bureaucracy for Doctor Strange to wrong-footedly overthrow and create complete chaos and carnage and uh, more problems for everyone else. Like, what a delightful thought. You know, I can't wait.
1: The one area that I will disagree with you on, Katie, is while I, I I am a big X-Men fan and I'm dying to see how the MCU handles mutants and, you know, like just the broader concept of mutant mutants and eventually introducing the X-Men, I think it would be a tremendous mistake for them to just have the X-Men from another universe like walk through a portal in this movie and like now there are mutants in the MCU like I think first of all it just cheapens the entire like concept you know like it removes a lot of the important metaphors that have always driven x-men storytelling you know um like it would make sense that like yes a Charles Xavier from another corner of the multiverse Sits on, you know, sits on this Illuminati, and we see him in Multiverse of Madness, and hey, the audience gets the nice cheap pop out of it, and like, great, like, like who can argue with that, right? Like, it can't possibly be any worse than Spider-Man No Way Home. So, um, sorry, I have to get a, I have to get the <laughs> knife in with that movie wherever I can. Um, it's
0: part of Mike's contract that he. has Yeah, to like make sorry, tomorrow. like I'm contractually <laughs> <every> obligated <laughs> to trash Spider-Man
1: No Way Home at every opportunity, but like, you know. You know, like, it's like, look, do we really need to ever, like, it is cool, like, it's a cool idea, but like, don't you think this kind of cheapens the emotional impact of a movie like Logan, you know, like, if if now it's like, and now Charles Xavier's back, and like, oh, look, here's Hugh Jackman, like, you know, we need to we need to like new things. You know what I mean? Like we need to we need to learn we we, we as a society of geeks who love this stuff need to learn to like new things. Our concept idea- of
0: new here is also is so telling. Yeah. <laughs> so like we need new versions of these characters that have been around for decades. Fair. <laughs> Fair but but like- also I will agree the X-Men movie timeline is such a mess that Yeah, let it. I was gonna say, like, we do have
2: new versions of these characters. We've got like, you know, James McAvoy and Michael Fassbender and stuff like that. This it's already a mess. So, like, oh, I can go with it.
1: I'm I'm in favor of this. Like, Multiverse Madness has already proved me wrong, like like a couple of times now, but you know, I am just so nervous because I'm, I'm on like this crazy X-Men kick at the moment. I've been reading tons of X-Men comics. I've been like listening to multiple X-Men podcasts. I'm rewatching the 90s animated series. Like I am more into X-Men than I've been since I was like 15 years old. And like, yeah, clearly I use my free time well, folks. It's really important to me that Marvel gets their MCU version right. You know what I mean? Like, they have an opportunity here to improve on the missteps of the Fox universe, you know? And these are characters that really should be able to carry the MCU indefinitely. And I'm just so worried they're going to blow it by just being like, there's mutants now. It's like, no, like, you can't do that.
0: That doesn't sound like the MCU, though. Like, they have, they so cleverly plot out all of this. So I get your anxiety, Mike, but I also think that they might... You know, they're listening to you, specifically. Oh, me specifically, they're gonna, yes. They're going to make sure that you are not disappointed in this
3: way. <laughs> Let's not forget that we thought, or I don't know, maybe we is a strong term, um, <laughs> some thought that uh, it, that the MCU was set to introduce mutants like a year ago. We got uh, Quicksilver, Fox's Quicksilver, in WandaVision. But then that turned out to be a fake out, and it was Ralph Boner. Um, So I wouldn't just automatically assume that this Professor X is the Fox Professor X. It might just be, like you said, a sideways universe Illuminati type deal and the X-Men proper and mutants proper are coming a little later on.
0: Well, I was going to say that I'm glad Alec brought up WandaVision too because another um, great thing about this trailer and the previous teaser as well is just how much Wanda we get in it. Um, And I think especially after how... um, how good WandaVision was. A lot of people are excited to see that character move forward. And also the further we get into phase four, um, you know, the more of a legacy character she feels like, which is interesting because she was at one point, she felt like, you know, relatively new to, to the world. But, you know, as we, yeah, as we continue to move forward, um, she's someone we've, we've been with for a while and we've especially seen grow in, in recent iterations and get more to do. So I'm excited to see her, um, you know, play a prominent role in this film.
1: Is Wanda the villain of this movie?
0: Doctor Strange is the villain of this movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> As he was in No Way Home,
0: yes. Exactly. But... <laughs> in, all, in all of his appearances.
2: <laughs> I think maybe that they're, they, they're both a little bit of the villain, or at least that's what the film's teasing, right? Is that they're, more alike than perhaps uh, Stephen imagines um, initially anyway so it could be that they kind of have to play off each other and also balance each other out in some way and um, pull each other back from the brink and watch each other's backs which could be an interesting partnership for the MCU I think. I, I, I like that she could probably destroy him uh, given enough <laughs> um ambition to do so and that he would uh be there and try and try to match her on that. So they seem like a good match. Um yeah, I'm excited to see them together. Um this is this is a good duo, I think.
3: I am making my own like six person Avengers team. Like Scarlet Witch and Doctor Strange are just like first rounders, no question. Um I, I don't think they'll present her as a villain in this solely because at the end of the trailer, they kind of like get out in front of it where Wanda has that line saying like, I do these things and they see me as a villain. You do these things, you see you as a hero. Yeah. Um, so right or not, because I, I mean, I do think enslaving a town cycle is a bit villainous, but uh, <laughs> that might be... topic. <laughs> Call <laughs> me old-fashioned. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I would describe that as lightly villainous. Yeah. Um, <laughs> However, I don't think the uh, I don't really think the movie's going to go in that direction. I also quite frankly don't think they'll have time. Like my God, there's going to be so much going on in here, and crafting the ultimate Scarlet Witch villain arc just seems like a lot of work to do.
1: I have certainly complained in the past about how how Marvel really does sand the edge off of pretty much all their villains now, you know, and like they they kind of both sides everything. But Wanda is a character where like you can do that you know what I mean like where where the both sides thing very much is like correct and that you know and that Wanda quote in this trailer is also correct so it does make me think you know maybe villain is not the right word but you know an antagonistic force that is you know driving the action in a very particular way might be (laughs) might be more accurate
3: yeah, like, will will Doctor Strange and Wanda be at odds or will they be working together? I just assume the latter because the trailer tells me as much. But, you know, trailers lie about a lot of things.
0: Well, also, if there are multiple versions of their characters, they can be both. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> I will say that Wanda never feels more like a villain than when she's calling Vision Viz. <laughs> <laughs> Every time that pulls me out, I'm just like, I can't. <laughs>
1: Kirstie, do you want to talk about there are apparently three different versions of Doctor Strange in this trailer? Like, not even counting zombified Strange?
2: (laughs) Yeah, there's uh, Defender Strange who appears to have a wee ponytail. Um, That's villainous. (laughs) Yes, um, but he's apparently uh, might be the the very best version of Doctor Strange in the multiverse. That's the rumor, anyway. And that he... Again, these are theories, but that he gets killed off, perhaps at the start of the movie. Um, and then Doctor Str- our Doctor Strange sort of has a feeling of his past or his memories um, due to opening the multiverse in No Way Home. Um, so there's Defender Strange, uh, ponytail. Uh, regular Doctor Strange, no ponytail. And there's Strange Supreme, who is just like a little sort of you know, a Maggoty type. You know, get, you know, in a little uh, a worm um,
3: tongue. Yes. Can you can you do that again?
2: A little Maggoty type. <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, so we met a version of in What If, and has um, obviously got some serious problems. Uh, I think the and and then we've got Zombie Doctor Strange. So there's like at least four Doctor Stranges. Um, In this film, I think the last time I said I was excited about the film, I was saying there's at least two. And now there's (laughs) double that amount. So this trailer has really kept me uh, very happy.
3: It'll probably be hard for us to continue after I get this joke in because it's so good. Uh...
2: (laughs) I'm preparing (laughs) myself.
3: (laughs) Shouldn't Strange Supreme be called Mr. Normal? Dr. Strange, Mr. Normal.
1: Oh, <sighs> anyway, that's our show, folks. <laughs> Thank you all for tuning in to the final episode of Marvel Standup. Uh, Alec has been removed from the building. Security will see you out. Uh-
0: <laughs> How long have you been prepping that? Was this like a long con, Alec?
3: Months. <laughs> <laughs> I think I made the months. joke already on Twitter before like like <laughs> five months ago, <laughs> and I didn't get enough engagement, so I had to try it out again here.
0: Alec was like, first, I'll get a job at Danuki, <laughs> 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 then years into my position.
1: <laughs> Ooh, House of Newton has an interesting question. Is there a version of Strange from the comics that isn't in the trailers that you'd like to see in this movie? Hmm. Well,
2: I'm, I kind of hope that uh, uh, Defender Strange again, ponytail, um, might have um, be the kind of strange of the early comics. You remember how he used to talk? And I'm not going to do an impression like I've already done the, the maggoty. So um, I'm, not, I'm not going any further than that. But you know how he used to be quite, you know, yeah, I'd like to see that on screen. I think that'd be really fun.
1: I like that. And, you know, in the recent Death of Doctor Strange miniseries, that actually comes up. And they even bring up the fact like, hey, remember the way you used to talk? Yes, and, and, yes. Yeah. And Strange is like, oh, God, I know. I'm so sorry. So like, <laughs> I would totally be down for that. Um, You know, if they want to do some deep cuts, you know, there was a brief period where Strange wore like a like a full face mask. Um, and there was another like even briefer period. It was the 90s when like everything, like everybody had to be replaced briefly where like he was like de-aged and had like like shoulder length hair and like John Lennon sunglasses. Um, so like, I don't know if the MCU will cut <laughs> quite that deep but this trailer does prove that just about anything seems to be on the table. So who knows?
0: Now I'm just thinking about other hairstyles I'd like to see like characters with different strange characters with different hairstyles
3: i think it's funny because like the the quote unquote like evil universe version of somebody always has a goatee but he already has a goatee so they had to default yes. to the
0: exactly alec <laughs> 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 he does doesn't he?
1: <laughs> andy do you want to talk about your hopes that perhaps christine palmer actually has something to do in this film
0: right was that directed to me Yes. Yes, I do hope that is true. (laughs) Um, Well, I also want to, before we started uh, live streaming, I got some information from Kirstie about theories around what her character might be up to in this film, which honestly, if she's up to anything, is already an improvement. As much as I loved What If, we've really yet to get a version of Christine Palmer, who is done justice, especially with a character or an actress like Rachel McAdams playing her Um, famous for being in a lot of time travel movies, but never getting to time travel. So she could time travel in this or any sort of interdimensional travel. That would be great. You know, even if she got to go to a different country, <laughs>
1: <laughs> something just to get away from Steven, really. Like.
0: <laughs> yes. Yes. I, I'd love to have see her have agency and a, a plot outside of her relationship to to Doctor Strange. But maybe that's asking for too much. Kirsty, is it asking for too much
2: um probably but we can we can hope can't we um hopefully there's i mean we've seen in the trailer there's, there's at least one variant of christine palmer in this movie um we don't know how different she is to the one we already know but it could be that they start over with a different variant or they explore more of her character that way um It would be a shame to kind of leave the character behind and kind of cross her off as a sort of misstep with McAdams. But um, I'm looking forward to meeting the other versions of Christine Palmer, nonetheless.
0: Maybe she's going the Jane route and eventually she'll become a Doctor Strange.
2: (laughs) Yeah, why not?
0: I mean, there's I don't I don't think there's any comics precedent for that, and the way that there is. Wow! Well, sure. yeah, oh. look, at, look at Mike's face. Yeah, actually. Okay.
2: Uh, Doctor Strange's wife, uh, Clear, is now or or will be the sorceress. I'm not because I'm on MU. I'm like quite behind, so Mike can do a bit more than about this. Have me. I have I
0: stumbled onto something? You have stumbled yes. onto something because
1: you know forever. You know before Doctor Strange came out the speculation was always that Rachel McAdams was playing a character known as Clea who is Dormammu's niece or something his niece or daughter (laughs) second cousin (laughs) yeah like second cousin once removed (laughs) and um you know and she's like a powerful interdimensional being on her own and it's like no she's Christine Palmer who is just kind of like a a regular person who we're not going to give anything to do but there's still been like kind of this ongoing speculation with fans that it's like you wouldn't have this character if you weren't going to do something important with her. I wonder if there is still a possibility that they will reveal Christine Palmer as Clea, you know, as somebody who is, you know, born in the dark dimension and has these latent powers and everything else. And if that is the case, Clea in the comics is now Marvel's Sorcerer Supreme, which is pretty cool because this is a character who's been around since, you know, 1964. So um, I would like to see this because why waste Rachel McAdams? You know, like this is a character that could become a really cool legacy character like Wanda, you know, and I would I would be down to see this.
0: Okay, that's my plan then.
2: Yeah, we could have uh, Jane Foster Thor, Kate Bishop Hawkeye and uh, Christine Palmer Sorcerer Supreme, right? Why not?
1: Even though the thing that I was most excited about was the Illuminati, um, the thing that everybody kind of latched onto was that mysterious flaming figure in the trailer. You know, it's like at first glance you go it's the Human Torch, then you look a little closer and it kind of looks like Tony Stark as we see here. Some folks think think that it could be Maria Rambeau because the silhouette can also kind of resemble, uh, you know, Carol Danvers when she's powered up as Captain Marvel. Um, I don't personally know what to think. This particular screen grab that we're showing right now sure does look like it could be a version of Tony Stark. Where does everybody else come down on this one?
0: I just want to clarify, Mike, This is not a werewolf, right? Not a werewolf. This (laughs) is definitely
1: not a werewolf. It would be pretty cool, (laughs) though. Like a flaming, like, cosmically powered flying
0: werewolf. I would be down for that. (laughs) I have no idea. (laughs) It's a blurry, flamey silhouette.
2: (laughs) If it is Iron Man, I'm okay with it. Um, But I don't want it to be some, like, luke skywalker like (laughs) boba fett sort of version of robert downey jr that they've done on a computer with some kind of vocal uh magic Mm. like that would bother me so as long as it's it's not robert downey jr and some other version of iron man that that's fine with me
1: Yeah, I could get behind that. You know, there's a lot of fan speculation that this is going to be Tom Cruise as Tony Stark, (laughs) which is such a
2: deep...
1: Like, yeah, it's just like, it's such a deep cut because they're referencing the fact that for a very brief period in, like, the late 90s or early 2000s, Tom Cruise was attached to play Tony Stark in an Iron Man movie that never got made, you know? So it's like, who like who would get that like like who would who like who would care and also when when has tom cruise had time to do this and what like what do you think it costs tom cruise to get out of bed in the morning let alone do a cameo in a movie like this you know it's like who wants to make that phone call like hey tom uh Remember that time that you were maybe gonna play a Marvel character for like five minutes in 2002? Like, it'll have to be
0: more specific. <laughs> yeah,
1: like 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 who would do that? Like so, I do think I do think folks are a little off base here. I will look very foolish if that does turn out to be uh, Tom Cruise as Tony Stark uh, in May, but I'm pretty confident that that is not gonna happen. Um, I don't Could think Tom be- Cruise has been you know, has enough time in his schedule, he's too busy yelling at the caterers on the set of uh, Mission Impossible 15.
0: That's true. Takes a lot of energy. Could it be Morgan Stark? I want Morgan to come back. Oh. (laughs) As an adult, probably.
1: (laughs) That's a possibility. Yeah. Yeah, I hadn't even
3: considered that. Like sure, why
0: not?
1: (laughs) Why not? Like, absolutely. Um,
3: Could be Howard. I feel like we're all kind of just like glancing over the fact that it that the person is glowing, (laughs) like that really that really seems more like the Captain Marvel family than the Stark family to me. Mm.
1: Yeah, that's true. And those powers look kind of internally generated rather than, um, you know, rather than like specific armor stuff. But Mm -hmm. you know, the distinctions
0: we make in this age of superhero cinema.
1: I mean the look, glow
0: seems like it's emanating from within.
1: I can't tell you the last time I saw a trailer that shows us so much and yet tells us so little. Yeah, uh, I'm
0: hoping we it still doesn't know nothing. I'm hoping it really is not showing us a lot in retrospect, like the Spider-Man Far From Home trailer or No Way Home. <sighs> I would love to look back on this trailer and be like, wow, we thought we knew what was going on and we really don't.
1: Yeah. Um You know, and there is still the possibility as well, I mean, this obviously picks up on the events of Spider-Man No Way Home, and Kirsty, you say there there seems to be some chatter about the possibility of a Spider-Man showing up in this movie.
2: Yeah, there's some uh, underground Lego fan site chatter mainly about this, (laughs) is that there is a um, big Sanctum Sanctorum uh, Lego set coming out, and the minifigs are said to include Doctor Strange, Wanda, Baron Mordo, Iron Man and Spider-Man. So we could be looking at a potential uh, role for a multiversal Spider-Man here too. Uh, It's exciting to think about which one that might be. Personally I don't think it would be Tom Holland, that seems a little bit too uh obvious, but um, would you prefer Toby, Andrew, or a brand new Spider-Man?
1: Nicholas Hammond. <laughs> <laughs> That's my deep cut. Um, you know, I-, I never want to think about No Way Home again. However, it would be pretty cool if Toby is actually a member of the multiversal Illuminati. Like, I feel like it would kind of make sense because, you know, one of the things with Spider-Man, like, you know, in the comics, Spider-Man is kind of like eternally 25 now, you know? That's kind of like the unofficial thing, you know? Like the Marvel has a sliding time scale and eventually you just kind of go with the illusion of change and, you know, characters get frozen at a particular age and he got his powers when he was 15 or 16. And now Peter is kind of just canonically in his mid twenties forever. But I always like wonder about like, A Spider Man who actually ages, like, you know, who gets to be in his 30s or 40s, would be an incredibly badass, like, leader type character because he's a scientific genius. He would have tons of experience because he's been a superhero since he was 15 or 16 years old. So, if anybody is going to be like maybe one of these multiversal Illuminati, I could totally get behind the idea of it being Peter Parker. And if they were going to do that, I feel like it kind of should be Toby, you know? Like, I'd be down for that.
0: Yeah, he's a superhero elder at this point.
1: (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, like, if we're going to have curtain calls.
0: I do love Andrew Garfield, though. (laughs) Maybe we should just, it's easier to talk about, like, who isn't going to be in this movie, it feels like. (laughs) (laughs) Mephisto?
2: (laughs) Yeah, Mephisto's sitting this one out (laughs) for once. Just kidding.
1: You know what? I'm not allowed to talk about Mephisto anymore after all the <laughs> Mephisto articles I wrote during WandaVision time. So I'm just gonna I'm just gonna keep my mouth shut for once. <laughs> Is there anything else that we need to that we need to unpack from this multiverse of madness trailer? I
3: don't know. We probably I don't know if we need to unpack anything from the trailer. We probably
1: have to unpack some things from the poster before we go. <laughs>
3: oh yes.
2: yes. <laughs>
1: You can apparently see Deadpool's reflection in one of those shards of glass, um, and I do think that is pretty likely to, uh, you know, that seems seems like a post-credit scene uh, candidate, doesn't it?
3: I've been looking at this picture like all day, like Andrew had it up earlier, and I, it was, it's like one of those magic eye photos. You know, yeah. Pull in and out. <laughs> I, and I finally because, just saw Deadpool. Like,
2: yeah, <laughs> it, it's um, it's a, 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 sort of a copy of the poster or the image where he's doing that, like shh, mm, you know. Yeah. So if you look at it as like a finger. Up, it looks more. First you find like the up eyes. Up. Yeah, <laughs> <Yes. I> mean, <laughs>
3: the eyes top left if you're like me, you just did not see Deadpool on this for
1: <laughs> like weeks. But then the other big one, and this one is undeniable, is nice. we do see Captain Carter's shield. Yes. And I'm that's so really good. Cool. And that tells me we have to see Hayley Atwell in yes. a Captain Carter costume at some point in this movie.
0: If that happens... The rest of the movie I could hate, and be, it could be <laughs> terrible, and this would be worth it yeah, to me, same. personally.
1: <laughs> same. I would pop for that. Like, We need justice for the Agent Carter TV series, which is like already kind of unfairly forgotten. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I would be extremely hyped if that happens. Um, and I think they are building to that, because Marvel is publishing a brand new Captain Carter comic. And they don't do this stuff unless they think there's going to be some synergy with, uh, with some of the bigger <laughs> properties. Kirsty, why don't you tell us about this? Because you've got the inside scoop.
2: Yes, issue one of Captain Carter is coming out on March 9th, which is not very far away at all. I got to speak to Jamie McKelvey, who is writing this comic with um, alongside artist Marika Cresta. Um, We spoke about the differences between the Captain Carter of What If? and the one in his book. Um, This is a completely different multiversal variant of Captain Carter, whose backstory is more like Steve's in that she went into the ice and woke up 80 years later. Um, whereas the What If version went through a portal fighting Gargantos or Shumagorath or whatever they're calling it today. Um, this book will very much focus on the way Peggy has had to adapt to a modern Britain that is trying to reinvent itself. And it should be an interesting read for Captain Carter fans and Peggy Carter fans, but also um, Marvel fans in the UK, I would say. And... Um, we've talked before about how Peggy has like a different approach to battle than Steve. Um, and if you go back and check out um, our Marvel Standham episode on YouTube or on Spotify or Apple, uh, where we talked about um, Captain Carter in uh, episode one of What If? She is very brutal in her fighting style and gets straight in there. And that appears to be part of the comics that... Um, something that will be explored further in the comics rather. Um, McKelvey told me that um, there was even a line that he wrote in the pitch um, for the comic which was that in Captain America the Winter Soldier, Peggy wouldn't ask the HYDRA agents if any of them wanted to get out first. He said she has a lot of the same ideals as Steve, but she's much more direct and willing to get straight into what she sees as needing to be done. And I remember after Mike and I read that back from uh, um, McKelvey, uh, Mike said to me, oh, it's like you and me. (laughs) It's very true. But yeah, this comic's coming out in a couple of weeks. Um, you can pre-order it now if you want. I'm not sponsored by, I'm not, I'm not a shill for Marvel, but if you wanna, if, you, if you're into Captain Carter, why not, you know, have a read, see what you think. It sounds good. It looks like It looks like it's gonna be a good one, yeah.
1: I think that's our show for this week, folks. <laughs> Thank you all so much for tuning in. Thank you to our producer, Andrew Halley, for making us look good and keeping us on track. Thank you to Lee Parham for moderating the comments. Thanks to each and every one of you for watching. Make sure you're following us on Twitter at DennyGeekUS, but also follow the Marvel Standom Twitter. Uh, You can get this anywhere you get your podcasts, just in case you came in late and you're tired of looking at my face. If you missed any portion of this, it'll be archived up on YouTube tomorrow, but it's also here on Twitch. We all know that. Um, Yeah, that's our show. And unfortunately, this is Katie Burt's last show with us. We're saying goodbye to Katie. Uh, Katie is leaving Den of Geek for greener pastures. And uh, I figure I should say this in public. Katie, thank you so much for everything. I've worked with Katie, what, four years now? Like four years of
0: staff? It's hard to remember.
1: (laughs) Yeah, this is a pretty devastating loss for Den of Geek as a whole. Katie, you have made Den of Geek better as a website, as a magazine, as a brand. Thank you for making this show as cool as it could possibly be. Working with you has made me a better writer and editor. Um, we're going to miss you a lot, and I, I hope you come visit us. And try not to kick our asses too hard when you're uh, wherever you land, OK? Well,
0: I wasn't expecting this. But um, yeah, I'm going to miss all of you. I might pop up at, in the Marvel Standom comments a bit um, in coming weeks. So definitely not gone totally. Um, but yes, thank you for that, Mike.
1: All right, we're gonna miss you. Everybody else, we will be back next week, we think, with another episode of Marvel (laughs) Standom. Uh, Hopefully we'll be here breaking down a Thor trailer. We might have to take a week or so off in March because we're doing some stuff down at South by Southwest. So who knows what Marvel Standom is gonna look like for the next few weeks. And then starting March 30th, we will be here each and every week giving you commentary and breakdowns and explainers on each and every episode of Moon Knight. That's going to be Kirsty's show. Like, Kirsty is the <laughs> Moon, Knight, uh, Moon Knight expert here, so get ready. We got a lot of good stuff coming. Thank you all for watching, and until next time, stand together, folks.